The legal views and content expressed on the following program are provided solely for informational and entertainment purposes. They do not constitute or contain legal advice. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the show. You are listening to the Break the Business podcast, and it is a pleasure to have you here this week. I'm Ryan Carella, the host of the show. And for those of you who have heard the podcast before, you will notice throughout the show that you're only hearing one voice today. My dear colleague, my friend, my partner in crime in this great podcasting adventure, David, is not here this week. He is taking a much-deserved vacation. Man, does this guy work hard. Um, He puts in so many hours at his office. He's a great attorney, and he very much deserves a vacation. He's having a great time. At least that's what his many text messages have shown me. He's sent me a bunch of amazing pictures of his adventures in Canada and Los Angeles this past week. And so I'm thrilled for him, but it leaves me in a lurch because I'm here on my own uh, trying to get you guys through to the end of this podcast with just one voice. Uh, It's kind of tough not having somebody to banter with, but we're going to get through it. And we're going to have some fun. So uh, we're going to tell you a little bit about what we're going to do this week. A slightly different episode since it's just little old me today. No guest, but we're going to have a great time nonetheless. But first, I, of course, want to ask you, as I do every week, uh, to help keep this podcast rising forward. Um, I've been so grateful to the support of everybody who's been listening. I can't believe the listenership we've gotten so quickly. We've only been on for four weeks. This is our fourth episode. And the views that we've gotten and the emails and the tweets, I can't believe the little community we've already sort of developed. And again, I'm so thankful you to, f- thankful to you all for that. And I ask that we, you know, let's keep that love train going, man. So subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes. You can find it, Break the Business Podcast on iTunes. We're also on SoundCloud on any of those pages, any positive reviews, any subscriptions, good ratings, whatever you can do, all that stuff helps kind of move the show forward, and get us to a wider audience, and I very much appreciate that. In addition, I'd love to hear from you even more. I have been so humbled and so grateful for all the emails you folks have given me, whether it's just a kind word or constructive criticism or suggestions. I'm new to this podcasting game. Um, You know, I haven't been doing this for a long time, and so anytime I hear any kind of uh, words of encouragement or advice, it's helpful. So there's two ways you can get in touch. One is the email address for the show, which is breakthebusiness, all one word, at gmail.com. That's breakthebusiness at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter, and I'd love that very much. You follow me, I follow back. I love to create a nice Twitter community. You can find me at Ryan, K-A-I-R. That's Ryan, just R-Y-A-N, and then the first four letters of my last name, K-A-I-R, Ryan, K-A-I-R. Um, I'm always looking for new people to talk to, to help kind of spread the message that I've been trying to do with this show. And I look forward to hearing from you. Thanks very, very much for listening. Since I don't have Dave this week, since I don't have the man who makes me laugh and, you know, the guy who makes us all laugh, by the way, how awesome was that Keith Richards bit that Dave did last week? Um, I, I, I enjoyed that bit for no other reason that it gave all of you an opportunity to see the kind of humor that he has that's been making me laugh since we were in junior high 20 years ago. He's never failed to make me smile. He comes up with this stuff on the fly all the time. And I'll say this because I know he's probably listening out there and this is going to be embarrassing for him. Um, He's an extraordinary attorney. He is sharp. 
He is intelligent. He's a great researcher. He's dedicated to his clients. But aside from all of that, all of that being said, I should say, um, I think his true calling is something in comedy. Um, I think he is a an extraordinary lawyer, but he has been put on this earth to make people laugh. He is tremendous at this. And so any opportunity I can have to have him on this show and to give him a forum to make all of you laugh the way he did last week with that Keith Richards bit, uh, I'm, I'm honored by it because he, again, is the best. And I look forward to having him back from vacation, but not before he has a great time on vacation. I want him to really enjoy himself because, again, he deserves it. Since I don't have Dave this week, I was thinking of doing something a little different. So um, I don't have uh, no guests this week. I, I moved the guests to next week. I kind of want to make this more low-key. And here's what I'm thinking for this week. What I want to do is tell you a little bit about the book that I'm writing. Um, this whole podcast, my blog, a lot of it has been in service to this book. I shouldn't say that I'm writing, that I've written. The book is done. Um, it's going to be published by Corey Clock Publishing. Um, this December, so only uh, two or three months from now, I am so excited. This project or so this book has been a long going project for me. I've never written a book before. This is my first book. I had no freaking clue how hard it is to write a book. Oh my God, it is excruciating. I mean, there's so many words and so many pages and you think you've written a lot and you're like, man, this must be like a hundred pages. And then you look and it's like three pages and you hate yourself. And it's like that for months because writing a book is tough. I've always thought like you get these guys like uh, Bob Woodward um, who've written like 150 books. And I just kind of want to like be like, how do you do that? Because like I've written one and like I'm going to die. I'm so tired. Um, but the book is done. It's called Break the Business, Declaring Your Independence and Achieving True Success in the Music Industry. It's coming out um, December of this year. I am so excited to share it with all of you, to share it with the artistic community out there that's uh, given me so much in terms of the great music they've been creating. This book is really for those people. Um, the reason why I wrote this book is as an entertainment attorney, I've worked with a lot of independent artists. And it's been the most rewarding part of my professional life to work with these people who are creative, who are dedicated, who, you know, want, just want to share their art with the world. I mean, yeah, they want to make money, but for all the artists I've worked with, it's never been about the money exclusively or even primarily. It's about sharing art with the world. And along the way, yeah, they want to make enough money to, you know, pay their rent and raise a family and have a, a good life a life that they deserve for how hard they work. And so all of that has prompted me to dedicate much of my legal career to helping this incredible, talented, wonderful population of creative indie artists navigate the music industry. And part of that means learning as much as you can about the music business, and I dedicate much of what I do to teaching indie artists about the industry. Part of that means making sure that artists don't sign bad contracts. Um, and unfortunately, the entertainment industry is filled with bad contracts, particularly many record deals. And so the first half of this book, Break the Business, Declaring Your Independence and Achieving True Success in the Music Industry, is all about helping artists avoid bad record deals. Record contracts are an antiquated notion in the modern music industry. You don't need record companies to move your career forward. And these record contracts, the vast majority of them are just dangerous. And so the first half of this book basically talks about how record contracts are structured in layman's terms. I don't use a lot of legal jargon. I just basically talk about record contracts in basic plain language and talk about why these particular contracts are very dangerous for artists 
and why artists need to stay away from them. After that, we go to the second part of the book, which basically says, okay, if you're not going to sign the record deal and you're going to stay as an independent artist, how do you do it? How do you build a career on your own in the modern music industry? And so the book talks all about how to create your own content, how to distribute your own content, how to raise money, things like crowdfunding, Kickstarter, Patreon, how to do your own merchandising, and of of greatest importance, since you are going it alone, how to structure your own organization as an artist. How do you create your support team? How do you draft the agreements you need? How do you decide whether you need a manager, whether you need an accountant, things like that? The book talks about all of that stuff. Um, it's a eh, moderately brisk read. I think it's about 75,000 words, so it's not quite a, uh, a pamphlet, but it's not quite war and peace either. I think it's a, a nice breezy read. It's not written for lawyers. It's written for artists, and um, I think artists are going to enjoy it very, very much. I have been very fortunate throughout the writing process to gain a lot of insight from top indie artists who I was able to interview for this book who gave me a lot of great information. I mean, let's face it, when I started writing this book, I knew a lot about the legal aspects of the music industry. I know a lot about record contracts, publishing contracts, licensing agreements. I know the nuts and bolts because that's what my legal training is in. And I know a little bit about how indie artists build their careers, but it wasn't something that I knew as well as the legal end. Um, I'm not a musician by trade. I would best describe myself as a mediocre musician, and that's if I was being entirely generous with myself. Um, On a bad day, I am an abhorrent musician. And so I know a little bit about how to build a career as an indie artist, but the best way to learn about how to build your career is from actual indie artists. And so I was able to interview quite a few indie artists to help write this book. One of the people I interviewed, in fact, was Mary Jennings, who you got to hear from in the second week of our Break the Business podcast episode. She came in in episode number two. And for those of you who listen to it, you know how great she is and you know how knowledgeable she is and how accomplished she is. And now just imagine I got to interview her for hours and pick her brain on how to build a music career. And a lot of her insights are in the book. So you can only imagine how strong this book is in terms of giving great practical advice for how to build your career as an indie artist. Um, I'm again, so grateful to these artists. They're the ones who really made this a great book. Um, my insights are useful and, you know, there's a lot of great legal type stuff in there, but really it was the indie artist that I interviewed that made this book, I think a great read for those who are going to, uh, enjoy it when it comes out in December. All right. So here's what we're going to do in the next segment of the show. We're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back and I am going to read an excerpt from break the business, declaring your independence and achieving true success in the music industry. I have never... Uh, published any aspect of this book before, either online or on the podcast. So this is sort of a a nice sneak preview. You will be the first to hear some portion of this book. It's a quick excerpt, but it's one of my favorite excerpts from the book. Uh, This section talks a lot about how changes in the music industry have made it more possible than ever for independent artists to continue their careers. Um, I'm excited to share this particular passage with you. I think it's a great sort of It does a pretty good job of encapsulating the entire theme of the book in just a few pages. And so that's going to be coming up right after the break. Um, Thank you all very, very much for listening. And I'll catch you on the other side here on the Break the Business podcast. Hi, Ryan here from the podcast. If you like the show, be sure to rate and review us on iTunes. 
If you want to reach out to us, shoot us an email at breakthebusiness at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at Ryan K-A-I-R. Thanks for listening. Are you an independent artist looking to promote a recent release or crowdfunding campaign? If so, the Break the Business podcast would love to help you out by giving you a shout out on the air. Email us at breakthebusiness at gmail.com and tell us about yourself and your project. It won't cost you anything. We're just looking for a way to give back to the artistic community that's given us so much. Again, that's breakthebusiness at gmail.com for a free shout out. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. And now a reading from Break the Business, Declaring Your Independence, and Achieving True Success in the Music Industry. The Sharks and the Hurricane. Key West, Florida is one of my favorite places to visit in the entire world. Gracing the southernmost tip of the Florida Keys, Key West is just a scenic three-hour drive from my hometown of Miami. You will be hard-pressed to find a richer combination of food, music, culture, and history in any other eight-square-mile area. I usually try to get down to Key West at least once a year. Every time I go there, I make it a point to go to Mallory Square in Old Town to watch the sunset celebration. Since my hometown of Miami is on Florida's southeast coast, I never get to watch the sunset over the water where I live. But a quick trip to this beloved island affords me that magnificent experience. Old Town has plenty of fun things to do while you await the splendid sunset. One thing that is always on my list is stopping by the Key West Aquarium. It's not the most impressive aquarium you will ever see, but it's not without its old-fashioned charm. Its unique architecture and diverse array of sea life, despite its modest size, make it a favorite among tourists. Plus, it is adjacent to the best sunset vantage point on the island. The aquarium has quite a few sharks. They swim in small outdoor tanks that are separated from the open ocean by a small barrier. The sharks are fed four times a day by aquarium staff, and the feedings are open to the public. On a recent trip down to Key West, I visited the aquarium with my girlfriend and we watched one of the feedings. While throwing fish into the maws of the excited predators below, the staff member told our tour group about an interesting story when Hurricane Wilma hit Key West in 2005. Wilma devastated the city. Its 120-mile-per-hour winds tore through the island and obliterated much of Old Town, Over half of the area's homes were flooded by the resulting storm surges. The aquarium suffered considerable damage as well, including the fact that the rising water breached the shark tank barrier, enabling its aquatic inhabitants to escape to the ocean. But surprisingly, the staff member recounted to us, only a few sharks actually left after the storm. The vast majority of them stayed put despite having an opportunity for freedom. After our aquarium visit, my girlfriend and I went out to the pier to take in the sunset. After providing the standard oohs and ahs that should accompany such a moment, we started talking about the sharks and the staff member's story. I asked my girlfriend why she thought most of the sharks chose not to escape that day in 2005. I was stumped, but she's a lot smarter than me and I figured she would have a good theory. And indeed she did. After a pause, she opined, Fear of the unknown. They didn't know it was out there, but they knew that they would always have fish if they stayed. My eyes widened. We turned back toward the sunset. 
Whenever I hear artists tell me that their goal is to get signed to a record deal, I can't help but think about those sharks. For decades, record labels have controlled the delivery of the vast majority of the music all consumers hear, which meant that they also controlled the actions and livelihoods of most recording artists. If a musician wanted to have any kind of career success, they had to submit themselves to a label. Most fledgling artists didn't have the money, expertise, or infrastructure to launch their careers without one. In effect, they were the sharks at the aquarium. They were stuck in a proverbial fish tank and wholly dependent on their greater entity for their food. But then a significant event changed the dynamic, for the sharks and musicians alike. For the former group, a massive hurricane swept through, flooding their tank and giving them the opportunity to swim free and find their own fish in open water. The latter group has experienced a similar hurricane as well. It came in the form of the internet and the digital revolution, which has leveled the playing field and made it more possible than ever for artists to succeed on their own. It has never been easier or cheaper for artists to create, promote, and distribute their own music, and yet I still have artists tell me that their main career goal is to secure a contract with a record company. The open ocean is within their reach, but many still want to stay in the tank. Why? It is the fear of the unknown, coupled with the comforting certainty of label captivity. The generations of musicians that came before them did it with record companies. Most of today's chart toppers have a label behind them. And though we are seeing a recent emergence of superstar indie musicians, it is not yet a large enough contingent to convince many artists that they can swim out to sea with confidence. They are not sure if they can get the fish on their own, so they remain in the aquarium, where they can feel more certain that the feedings will happen. But here's the difference between the sharks and you as a musician. In your world, the internet hurricane that is giving you a chance at freedom has also wrecked the record label aquarium quite irreparably. The storm came through, and the labels utterly failed to prepare for it. People started obtaining their music over the internet, and the labels were too slow to adapt. Now they are in dire straits. The money isn't coming in nearly the way it used to, and suddenly they can't feed you four times a day anymore. In fact, you're not getting any fish at all. The labels have seen their sales collapse in the new millennium, and they have responded by slashing promotion budgets, ceasing their artist development activity, and siphoning more money from their musicians in the form of parasitic 360 deals. And because of the array of recoupment clauses, cross-collateralization provisions, and royalty-based deductions that infect the standard record deal, many label artists will never see one cent from their record sales. Suddenly, the ocean water is starting to look pretty good. Alright, I hope you all enjoyed that, and I certainly enjoyed very much sharing it with you. Um, as much as I said in the first segment how much of a slog it is to write a book and how it was just brutal and tiring, and all that's true, by the way, it has also been an honor, and I'm really excited to share this work with all of you. I hope that you enjoyed that little piece, and I hope that you'll enjoy the rest of it. Um, and if you like what we're doing around here, which is you know trying to encourage artists to find their independent voice and strike out on their own and you know take ownership of their content and ownership of their careers, then please keep following what this podcast is doing, because that's what this whole show is about. It's about allowing creative people to take control to create a new music industry, one that is artist-centered and not label-centered. That's what the book's about. It's what the podcast's about. It's what the blog's about. 
And each week, we're going to have artists come in and talk about their experience and give useful tips. And along the way, we're going to make you laugh as well. You know, we don't just want to just beat you over the head with information all the time. We got, we like to crack jokes. We like to talk about pop culture. Dave will do Keith Richards impressions that make everybody laugh. (laughs) I got to say, I am so amazed at the outpouring of love and universal applause that Keith Richards bit got. Man, David is funny. I can't wait to have him back in the studio again so that we can have some fun, tell some jokes, do his game shows that I lose all the time and I get to be wrong all the time. Wrong! Yeah, just like that, wrong. (laughs) From the bottom of my heart, thank you very much for downloading and listening to the Break the Business podcast. We'll see you next week. (laughs) 